Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. Thanks for joining us again this week. We are talking about strategies for healthy conflict this week, and we've done a, an episode a little bit similar on the topic of strife and just the spirit of strife and how to recognize when that's playing a part in your life. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back and listen to that after or before you listen to this. But in this episode, we kind of want to talk more about actual strategies to have conflict in a healthy way and how to pursue peace through conflict. You know, Jordan and I, before we hopped on here, we were just discussing how we're definitely not experts on this topic. We both are still learning in this every single day in our relationships. And, but we thought it was still really important to dig into what the word actually says about this and all learn together. And this was actually a requested episode by, I think, someone on Instagram. And so we were like, okay, we can dig into that. And Let's kind of discuss some things that have worked for us. This can be in your marriage. This can be in your friendships. This can be with your mom. This isn't just, you know, one type of conflict with one particular person. Although we will share some nuggets from our personal relationships. I've been married. It'll be three years in April and Jordan is engaged. We'll be getting married soon. And so we have both had plenty of time with our significant others to have to learn some healthy strategies for conflict. And I even think about, you know, different things I've gone through with family and business relationships and things like that. And so obviously as we get older, we kind of learn what works and what just doesn't. And so we're going to talk about some of that today. Yeah. And me and Sid even talked before and we're kind of like, how is this different from strife in that episode? Because we kind of struggled with that. We were like, well, we talked a lot about strife and the spirit of strife and how sometimes we catch ourselves arguing about things where we're like, we're not even, we're not, we don't even know why we're arguing. But this was something that we felt like with obviously someone requesting it, but what happens when there is conflict and it actually is an issue, right? It wasn't just something you two could just laugh off because you're like, this is ridiculous. And what do you do in those moments? And so we really did want to kind of deep dive into healthy conflict because one thing with conflict is that we know it's not pleasing to the Lord. It's not something the Lord wants us to go through. Now, what we do know is that conflict is inevitable. So we know it's going to happen because we live in a fallen world. We're all different people. We all have different thought processes. We all have different opinions and emotions and reactions and triggers and things we've gone through in the past. Like we know that this will happen, but, and we'll go and you're, you guys are going to get a ton of scripture in this one today, but we will see that the Lord actually does give us things to do in order to be more like Jesus. And that is the goal here as Christians is not to make other people feel like they need to be doing things your way. And they should be always accepting of how you feel and what you think is right versus wrong. But our our goal is how can I be like more, more like Jesus in this moment? And something that I really learned about Jesus and just studying his gospels are he had conflict with a lot of people. He He didn't even live a life free of conflict. I mean, that was the whole 
his whole crucifixion was a conflict. Like, but what's something that's so beautiful is his grace and the way he handled it. Like even on the cross, he said, Lord, forgive them for they do not know. Like, so it just, it's one of those things that I think when we go through conflict, it's not how do I become right in this situation? It's how do I become righteous truly in this situation? That gave me chill bumps. So I'm going to assume that that was from the Lord because truly at the end of the day, I know for me, I just want to be right. I want to walk away feeling right. And that's my selfish ways. And that's my flesh speaking. But if I can be in a conflict with someone and we both feel like we handled it so well, are we not both happy? Do do you somehow not just feel empowered with that other person? We're like, wow, that felt way better than being right. Like you felt respected, you felt heard, and you felt like you did the same for them. So that's kind of what we're going to go into today is just kind of how can we start having conflict or how not how to have conflict, but how can we get through conflict when it happens and how to do it in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Something that I feel like I've been trying to do more lately is just being slow to speak. Um, because something I really struggle with is the minute someone says something to that heightens my emotions or makes me angry, or I feel like they're wrong for saying it, you better believe my voice is going a thousand miles a minute. Like I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Like, no, no, no. You know, and it's something I'm not proud of every time. And I really, Corey is probably the only one that really gets that out of me most of the time because we're the ones that are together 24 seven, but something even after every argument we've had, whether I've been right or wrong, I've always had to apologize that I did not listen long enough. Like that's something I'm, I'm catching myself apologizing for quite often is like, I could have handled that better, you know? So something I really have been trying to do is staying silent and not just lashing out on every single thing that someone says and just taking a second to really hear where they're coming from. Because not everyone is going to have the perfect approach on how you think they should say it to you in those conflict areas. So it's really like, okay, did I hear what they said? And can I agree and or disagree with what they said? Because half the time you can't even have a disagreement or an agreement to it because you didn't even hear the rest of what they said because you were immediately offended the minute they started talking. So I do think taking that time just to like pause. And that's something that I've really been trying to work on. And I do, I just try to ask myself, did I do something wrong here? And am I wrong in this situation? And you might think that that's the neat, an easy thing to do. But when you're in a moment of conflict, I actually have found myself saying, I really want to try and keep doing it that way. And I keep, I keep messing it up. I'm like, why is it so hard to pause and say, am I wrong? Because our first immediate response is, making sure they know that we're right. And so I do think that's really helped in the scripture that came to my mind when I was really thinking about this was it says, judge not that you be not judged for the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Basically saying, however you judge others will be the same way God judges you. And it says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own? And we've talked about this on the uh, past of the past few other episodes where we've talked about judgment. And it's like, we're so concerned about the small thing in somebody else that we're totally neglecting a major thing in our own hearts. And so I just love that scripture because in those moments of conflict, the Lord doesn't say call out every little thing that they're doing and make sure they know they're wrong. He's saying, have you reflected on what you've done and what you've done wrong? And so I do think it's that happy medium of 
we're going to have issues with people, but can we also reflect on what we're doing and staying on our side of things? Yeah. I know that I definitely needed that reminder of that verse. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, Mm -hmm. because I am, (laughs) sadly, I'm the first one when my husband says something that I don't like, I'm the first one to fire back and say, you know, try to let him know that he's wrong. And you made such a good point when you said, take enough time to listen to their side instead of just firing back super quick. And I think a lot of that honestly comes from like trauma from our past. Like personally for me, I like went through bullying and stuff like that when I was younger. And so I think now my adult self is like, well, no one's going to talk to me like that. No one's going to, you know, I'm going to stand up for myself, but really like we don't always have to be so quick to even quote unquote, stand up for ourselves. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so that was just a good reminder to me to like calm down, take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. I really like what she said. You know, it's interesting. This just came up to me. Um, My friend Kelsey, she said, and I'm going to butcher this, but she says something about like your boldness is not actually how loud you are, but how, or how quiet you are sometimes. Like your character sometimes is not just about being right and making sure they know that they're not going to do this to you. Like, I think sometimes we get obsessed with that. I'm standing up for myself and you're going to listen to me and I'm going to, you know, yes, that can be healthy. And we of course want boundaries. Like you don't want to just be a doormat to people, but when it it comes from a place of like Sid said from trauma or like trying to stick up for yourself and you lack that evaluation of self and saying, okay, hold on. Now I'm catching myself not able to listen to any criticism. I'm not able to hear anything because I'm so obsessed with just making sure that they don't hurt me anymore and they're not going to offend me anymore. I think we lose what conflict really is, which is two people trying to understand each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to struggle with that bad. And honestly, it was a pride thing. Like you oh, could yeah. not tell me that I was wrong for the longest yeah. time. That's, we're so, so similar sad. in that way. Huh? We're so similar in that way. I had the same exact Yeah. Issue. Well, I will I say, so. I think the Lord has used marriage to humble me in that. that. Because when you get married, you'll realize real quick that you've got to learn to, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but step back and evaluate and be like, okay, was I wrong? Yeah. And a lot of times you're going to be like, yeah, I was. And I've got to let go of my pride and yeah. I've got to go and apologize now. And then you apologize and everything's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy enough that the minute that we do that, those walls come down. And yeah. it's interesting yeah. enough too. And this kind of goes into strife and what we talked about, but that's that spirit of if two people can build their walls as tall as possible, you guys are disconnected. But the minute somebody puts their brick down, the other person has to put their brook down to hear you. And then both of you, you keep, I just have that visual of people just taking one brick down at a time. And then there's no bricks in front of you and you're able to walk together and meet each other in the middle. But the minute we keep spitting out these harshness and just attacks and that defense, it's like your walls are just keep, you know, they keep getting bigger and bigger. And another scripture that I found, which is something that I do think we need to hear more often is, it says, do nothing from rivalry, Rival, I can never say that word. I'm literally going to have to rivalry. Do nothing from rivalry. <laughs> rivalry. It's weird. I can say it alone, but I can't say it in a sentence. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. And this is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. And I say this because one thing that I think we 
only focus on let each of you look not only to his own interests, meaning it's okay to look at your own interests. It's okay that we have our own interests and it's okay to share those with people. But it says, don't only look at those things, but also the interest of others. So if you're having conflict with someone because they're sharing an interest that you don't agree with, in Philippians, it actually tells us to be humble and hear those things. And we don't want to be doing anything out of conceit or to get back at somebody. And that I think to me sometimes is obvious. Like we're like, well, duh, we know that's not the Christian way. But what we catch ourselves doing is we're still hung up on a conflict we had maybe an hour ago, three hours ago, three days ago. And then what happens is, is something happens later in the day where we're just bad attitude. We're treating them with not respect or we're, we, you know, and we realize that that conflict followed and now we're acting out in revenge or making sure that they know we're mad or, you know, just having that bad spirit. And so I just love Philippians 2 and it, whenever it says like, we're not supposed to just focus on ourselves. We are supposed to hear other people. We're supposed to be humble. We're supposed to lay down in humility and say, how can I best serve you in this area? Like, and it's the hardest thing to die to self and not only think of ourselves, but that's truly If you go study Jesus, that's what he did time and time and time again. Every time he was persecuted, he spoke in truth. He wasn't, he didn't sin. He did it with such honor and respect. And he never, I don't know, because he did offend. He offended a lot of people, but it wasn't with the intention of shaming them. It was in the intention of love. It was just, I don't know. And I never, never, yeah, it's like, we'll never understand Jesus and do it exactly like him because we're not even like, can't probably even comprehend the type of character he was, but it is something that I think if we can be aware of and start really analyzing those conflicts, like I'll be honest, like Sid said, when you're getting prepared for marriage, I hope that you have a partner who can help expose those blind spots in your life, because that was something that I think has been so fun. I'm not married yet. And I know we'll have many more things that we go through when we actually live together. But something that I realized that was honestly annoying in the beginning was Corey calling out some of my flaws and I didn't like it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he should think of me as the most perfect woman in the world, which he still says that, but I know it's not the truth because we're not perfect, but it's funny because now that I can see those flaws, it has made me a better person to all of my other relationships. So conflict, I, I say this with hesitancy, conflict, I don't want to say is good, but if we can learn to handle it well, it should change your character. It really should. Like healthy conflict will change your character in the best ways if you know how to, you know how to handle it. I laughed when you said that because my husband does the same thing. Like he'll tell me, you know, when I'm wrong and it stings, but afterwards you're like, you know what? I needed that. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> so now we wanted to hop into a few strategies for healthy conflict. And these are just, we've got five and then a bonus of um, just little things that you can do to pursue peace through conflict and hopefully get everything to cool off a little bit more quickly. I know that I'm always looking for ways to do this when my husband and I argue or, you know, Um, anytime there's conflict in my life. So hopefully these can encourage you. And the first one is really just to take a breather. 
Walk away for a second and just breathe. Give yourself a minute to cool down. It is very easy to say things that you don't mean when you are mad. And it is much better. And I'm, gosh, I'm preaching myself right now. It's much better to walk away, cool down, and not say something that you're going to regret. Personally, I like to get it done right then and there. And I'm going to tell you how I feel right then and there. And don't you walk away from me. We are not done with this conversation. And I've seen that that actually does not help because I end up speaking through my emotions Mm -hmm. and saying things that I'm just, I end up being like, what am I even saying? Like, (laughs) and I'm just like, it's nonsense coming out of my mouth by that point, you know? And so walking or walking away, taking a breather, Honestly, like for us, even after a few minutes, we're usually quite a bit better. And also you have to take into consideration like how the other person, like how they respond emotionally. So like I said, my natural reaction is to fight it out right then and there, right? My husband is one who will try to walk away and he's like, I'm mad. I'm walking away. I'm taking my time. And that used to bother me so badly, but that he's actually right. He, that actually is what needs to happen in that moment for us. And so as hard as it is for me to bite my tongue and just be like, okay, we're going to take a second. We're going to breathe. It it always works out better that way. Yeah. And that's so true. And like me and Corey, the same way. I'm not someone who likes to walk away. I'm like, no, 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 stay right here. Like if, cause I feel like if you walk away, I'm not going to be heard or it's not going to be solved. And then it's just like this thing that lingers. But what's interesting is I actually started walking away And I cannot tell you the amount of anger that leaves you when you're alone. Like, it's so interesting because like sometimes, and I, what I have been trying to do more of is saying, I'm going to take a second. I'll let him know. Like, I'm not just storming out because I'm mad at you. Like, I'm going to go take a second or I'll say, let's just take a second and I'll go. And I'll like, and honestly, I always try to get outside. I don't know what that, what that's about, but I'll always like go out to the back porch or on the balcony or whatever. And I'll just stand outside and I can like, just take a true breather, like breathe in the air of God. And there's something that lifts off me. And I'm like, okay, let me actually collect my thoughts. Am I, what am I actually angry at? And sometimes just getting alone helps you do that. I could not support that tip even more than I do. Uh, Number two is put yourself in their shoes. So this is kind of what I was going into just now is like, whenever you walk away and you ask yourself, like, what am I even mad at? You can also ask yourself, like, what are they mad at? Can you actually look like I sometimes pretend if I were to write out each statement on a paper piece of paper and read it, is there valid points to both? Because that's typically what a conflict is. It's two people having different opinions on something. And so sometimes just putting yourself in their shoes and saying, wow, I actually do understand you. And when you go into a conflict like that, where you're like, wow, I actually really understand where you're coming from. Like I said, that's another step where you're taking those bricks off your wall because that's all we actually care about in conflict is that we're heard. I can't, I literally cannot say enough how many times me and Corey have fought on something and we walk away with no solution, but we are happier than ever, truly, because we just both felt heard. We don't need the solution right away. We just want to feel like the other person heard each other and we're going to work on it and we're going to get there. So I do think Sometimes when we're in conflict, we're trying to find that solution. Y'all, I'm preaching to myself right now. Corey would be laughing because he always tells me there's no solution right now. And I'm like, yes, there is. But I'm realizing that it's okay to not have a solution as long as there's respect with each other and put yourself in their shoes and say, I hear you. I actually hear you. And 
I can understand how that would make you upset. And I, it's funny because I even roll my eyes to myself because I'm like, oh yeah, this would be the perfect scenario, right? But I do think we can only be in charge of ourselves, you know? So don't expect your other spouse or friend or parent or brother or sister to do this for you. Like just focus on doing it for yourself. And as you learn ways to deal or Basically, as you learn the healthy ways of managing conflict, people will learn the way that you do it and will mirror it back to you. So I've had to really get to a place where I'm like, only focus about me. Don't always assume everyone knows how to do this. Just focus on my side of the street and apply these things. That was number two. Yeah, that's super good. Um, Number three, another thing that I've actually done, and this is super helpful, is write a letter. So once you walk away, take your breather. Seriously, writing a letter can be one of the best things that you can do because you can edit it, number one, like you can write it, you can change it, you can make sure that you're actually getting out all of your thoughts like you truly want them to get out. Um, Sometimes when you're in the moment and, you know, emotions are high or you're face to face with that person, you can feel nervous and then you end up not saying what you actually mean or whatever it is. All the emotions are playing into that in that moment. And you can, like I said, say things not in the way that you intended them. Um, And then you walk away and you're like, why did I not say this or this? And so seriously, just like taking some time to write it all out. um, I've done this. And then I, when, you know, John got home from work one night, I literally read him my letter that I wrote in my notes in my phone. And he received it so well because I was able to write it from the loving and kind standpoint that, which is where my heart really was, even Mm -hmm. though that's not what was coming out when we were talking about it in person. Yeah. Which if you think about it, and this isn't something we talked about prior to this recording, but whenever you're writing it and reading it, that's actually you evaluating your thoughts. So instead of you internally doing that and like waiting, listening to what your mind is telling you to say, and then projecting it out, You're now doing the same thing. You're just writing it on paper. So it's actually forcing you to regulate your words and your thoughts and your emotions because you could be writing something and to actually write out hurtful things on a piece of paper is a lot harder to speak it because if you're speaking it, you're like, it comes so fast, but to write it, you have to really mean it. You have to really believe it. So that's actually a great tip because I told Sid before this, like I never really write letters or anything like me and Corey have sent texts before if we're having conflict, you know, long distance or something, but I, we really always try to get on the phone or we always try to do it on FaceTime or always try to do it in person. And so that is something that I think I'm even going to try and do for myself because I do think it ta- it makes you have to really self-regulate what you feel and what you actually believe. Number four is apologize slash repent. Um, and something that I really wanted to touch on this, and this is something me and Corey, me and Corey have been in couples counseling for almost a year now, best thing that we've done. And something I learned is there is a massive difference between apologizing and repentance. Apologizing is saying sorry for something you did. And repentance is really working on not doing it again. And that's something that, and that's, that's more of an opinion of the definitions. That's not an actual definition, but something with repentance is saying, I'm really sorry I did this and I'm going to try and fix it. It's really repenting for what you did and it, having an emotional 
a reaction to you that you don't want to do again. Because saying sorry can be really easy. And sometimes we say sorry, even if we don't believe we did anything wrong. And I don't know about you, but I feel people's genuine apologies. And I'm like, I know when it's genuine. And I know when it's like, I'm just trying to have this go away. And I don't, I don't just don't want to deal with it anymore. And so something I'm trying to do is not just say sorry to say sorry. And we actually did a whole episode, I believe on this of like, stop saying sorry for everything, (laughs) you know, like stop apologizing for all these things because it becomes not true, but true repentance is I actually see where I went wrong and I want to be better. I don't want to just say sorry because I feel like I have to. I feel like we get put in situations sometimes where we need to be wrong and it's really hard to say sorry. So that you can then take those situations and say, I don't really want to say sorry, but I know I need to because I was wrong. And that is where your character grows. And that is how we grow to be more Christ-like. And so don't feel shame when you catch yourself being wrong all the time. Because trust me, when you start learning healthy conflict, you're going to feel a lot of conviction. And I think it's so funny because that's something I learned in my fast this past 40 days. I was like, Lord, you convicted me almost every day, which was so hard. But I caught myself apologizing for a lot of things, which is beautiful. It really is a beautiful thing. So definitely be okay with saying sorry and knowing it's going to happen a lot more the closer you grow with Jesus, but being able to apologize and then really truly repent and try to make that area that you're apologizing for a new, a a new way of living and trying to be better in those areas. Yeah. That's really great advice. I've personally seen just like the walls come down in an argument when I finally just suck it up and I just say, Hey, I'm sorry. You know? And I will say this apologizing gets easier. The first time you do it, you're like, man, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I'm sorry. I hate, I hate when that happens. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, (laughs) not, not received. (laughs) (laughs) Like it really does get easier the more that you do it. Um, And I'm not saying to just go around apologizing for everything. Like you said a second ago, Joe, for everything that you didn't do. (laughs) But if you were in the wrong, definitely apologize. Or if there's something, sometimes you can even just say sorry in a way that you're acknowledging that you hurt them that or that you hurt their feelings or for a way that something was perceived. Hey, I'm really sorry that when I said blank, that it made you feel this way. Yeah, that's because then you're not necessarily saying I was wrong because you may not really feel like what you did was wrong, but it's what you said or did still affected that person in that way. So you're apologizing that it affected them that way. Yeah, I actually have a perfect example of this because this happened to me the other day. Me and Corey were in a conflict over something. It's funny. I can't even tell you what it is now, but I had said, I said, babe, I feel like I'm supposed to say sorry because I feel upset that we're going through this and we are having this argument, but I can't pinpoint what exactly I did wrong or what I want to do better. But I want you to know, I feel sorry. Like, I feel sorry we went through this. And it was so interesting because one, I've never apologized like that before, where I'm like, I don't know why I'd be sorry, but I, and I don't know if I should be sorry, but I feel sorry. And I think it was actually a beautiful moment because he's like, babe, I actually don't think you did anything wrong. But we both came down, you know, so even like that spirit of like, I don't exactly know what I did wrong, but I don't feel good about this. Like, I don't feel like this is where I want us to be in this moment. And I'm sorry we're having this conversation, you know, or I'm sorry that we're at each other right now, or I'm sorry we're not feeling like we're on the same team right now, you know, whatever that is. And sometimes, like I said, it's not about the other person hearing 
exactly what you did wrong and how you're going to make it better. Like sometimes it really is just like knowing they heard you, you know, and knowing that you're not at them anymore and that you are trying to compromise with them. So I do think that's perfect advice that like it is sometimes it's just saying, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way because I don't want to ever make you feel that way. I don't want you to ever feel like I'm against you or at you. You know, we're, we we want to be a team, you know, in friendships and parental relationships, sibling relationships. It's not just your husband's, but yeah. And if you have trouble saying, sorry, just ask the Lord to rid you of all pride. Like Lord, mm-hmm. rid me of my pride that is holding me back from saying this. Yeah, that's good. The fifth strategy for healthy conflict is to, and there's not just like a point blank short sentence. <laughs> I can way that I can say this, but basically if neither one of you is willing to come all the way to the other in an agreement. So these two people are fighting about this and this, this person wants this person to come here. And this person wants this person to come to them. Neither one of you are willing to come all the way. What steps can I make to come closer to the middle? This is something that my husband and I recently, like we really had to learn um, just with a big decision in our life. We both were on complete opposite sides of it. And we had to learn like, okay, I'm not willing to come to where you want me to be. And you're not willing to come to where I want to be, period. Like that's not happening. But what can we do? What steps are you willing to to make? And what steps am I willing to make? And where can we meet in the middle on this? And once we kind of learned this, we were able to come to a conclusion that may not have been ideal for either one of us, right? But it it was best for both of us, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so good. And I think probably that one, number five, is going to be the hardest, I think, because that's where you're like, there is no solution. We're not one person's getting their way fully. It's actually two people both not getting their way, which is incredibly hard. You know, it is like, because if someone else gets their way, it's because the other person is willing to fully sacrifice their way. So with number five, you're really having to say, okay, I'm not only sacrificing my way, but I'm also not going their way either. So it's kind of like, you're both sitting there like, okay, so are we both good with this? Like, you know, but it is beautiful because then at some point you look back and you're like, wow, we're actually taking another step closer. Oh, wow. We're both taking another step closer. And Obviously, knowing what you guys are talking about, you guys were actually both right. You guys both have valid opinions. You both have valid reasonings. And it's like really beautiful to see taking one step at a time closer to each other will actually put you on the same path together with Christ. And that's what he wants for for relationships, especially. So number six is a bonus because I think this is something that, like Sid said, is like you really just swallow your pride and you completely self-surrender. But this is where you just have grace for the other person. I went through something with Corey the other day. Like I said, a lot of my stuff is with Corey because that's how I spent a lot of my time with. But I realized that the argument that we were having wasn't even about me. It was something that he was dealing with in himself. And I wish I handled it with grace. I did not. I immediately lashed out, told him, this is not what I like. You better treat me like this. Like, And it was very ugly for me. And I didn't feel good doing it. And I'm just being fully transparent. And what I realized is that if I could have just come and said, I feel like something's actually wrong. Are you okay? How can I better serve you? Do you want to talk right now? Or would you rather be quiet instead of forcing him to talk to me and fight with him? Like it, I realized that I, I really just needed to have grace in that moment. So I think even sometimes being, and this kind of goes back to like taking the time away, putting yourself in their shoes, but like 
can you really put all the offense behind you and just love? Because that is super hard. That is like the ultimate character of Jesus is putting up all the offense and saying, you know what? What you said was wrong. What you are doing is wrong. I don't appreciate what you're doing, but how can I serve you is such a selfless act. And I do think we're losing a lot of that in relationships, but there's that fine line of obviously boundaries. I'm not saying don't have your boundaries, but with people that you really trust and love, I think, and I'll just say this for myself, I want people to have grace with me sometimes because I say things I don't mean. And I get angry at things that I'm not actually angry at them for. It just brought up something of my past or hurt that I've gone through. And then I lash out on somebody else, or I use my own insecurities to lash out on somebody else. And so I do think having that grace for other people allows you to create a relationship where you, they also have grace for you. And you can walk in that together of saying, I know you didn't mean what you said, and I love you. And how can, how can I better support you right now? Cause I know you're upset. It just takes a lot of swallowing your pride in those moments. So that's a bonus one. If you can get there to really understand somebody and understand that maybe what they're doing or saying is not, has nothing to even do with you and that you can just try to be a good friend and a good spouse or a good sibling, child, parent, even, you know, it, it, I do think it's helpful in situations, certain situations, not all going into our soul scriptures. I know we've already shared a few scriptures with you, but we like to on every episode, really hone in on some scriptures that really touch on our topics. And so one of our first ones is Matthew 5, 9, and it says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And so something that I think even with healthy conflict altogether is that we are walking closer to peace. That's the point. It's not to hurt. It's not to cast blame and make sure that you're right all the time. Like it really is. How can we bring peace back into this situation? And that's exactly what God calls us to be in Matthew. Yeah. And then I love Matthew 18, 15 that says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Um, I think that a huge, huge thing that causes strife and division between people is when someone has done you wrong and you refuse to tell them and you're just walking around with this anger inside. Have you ever had someone who you're like, man, are they mad at me? Like they're just acting kind of weird towards me. They're being kind of standoffish and you just feel like they've done they're like you've done something to them, but you don't know what it is. Like you genuinely have no idea. I really believe that's because we have a problem a lot of times with just going to someone and saying, Hey, can I talk to you? You know, I know that you probably didn't intentionally mean to hurt me, but when you said, or you did X, Y, Z, it really, it it hurt, it hurt me, you know, and just have that hard, have that hard conversation so that we don't have to carry that strife anymore. And that weird, awkward tension between people. It's funny. You just use that word because our church calls it leaning into the awkward, like lean into awkward. Yes. And we, that's one of our values at our church. Cause if you don't lean into awkward, you then harvest that spirit or harvest that anger. So yeah, lean into the awkward. And something I love about this scripture too, it says, it says brothers and sisters in Christ. And the reason being is because 
whenever you know someone knows the Lord, we're supposed to be able to sharpen each other. Um, And this does not mean we go to all these unbelievers or someone who maybe doesn't know the Lord and start casting judgment. Because if we were to go to every single person and start pointing out their fault at you, it, it can come off the wrong way. This is why it says, if your brother or sister sins, meaning if it's someone that we trust and you know and you love, and it's coming from a genuine place of you wanting them to be better and you wanting there to be no division between two people, that's when you you go at it. Because I do want to be careful with this verse because I know people that are constantly going to other people and sharing their faults. And it's a very fine line of like, that's where a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth over Christians. And so that key phrase, I don't want that to get taken out of context is, if your brother or sister sins, and this doesn't mean blood, but it actually means your brothers and sisters in Christ, we are supposed to be able to come to each other and lean on each other and have someone correct you and do it out of love and feel like you two really are sharpening each other and strengthening your relationship with each other. The third scripture is in Ephesians 4:26, and it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And this one is actually quite comical to me because I'll never forget me and Corey were flying home from our engagement. And me, I mean, you would have thought me and Corey just got married. We were just like, and you could just tell by the way we're, I don't think our hands ever came unglued from the minute we got engaged all the way home. Like we were just holding hands. We we're so happy. And this couple leans over and she's like, our, she asked us if we were on our honeymoon or something. And we're like, no, we just got engaged. You know, like we're all happy. And she goes, well, can I give you a tip? And so we were like, sure, you know, over the moon. And she said, don't worry about going to bed angry. She said, y'all can go to bed angry. Don't, don't, don't stress about going to bed angry. And we were like, oh, okay, thank you. And it was so funny because in my spirit immediately, the Lord said, that is not what I say. And I was like, wow. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I know people are going to give us advice and like, that's fine. But it was so cool to be reminded of God's word in that moment of like, actually he calls us to not let the sun go down with anger in our hearts. And so it was me and Corey talked about that. We're like, we knew she meant well. She was trying to say like, not everything is as big of a deal as you you might make it. But it was one of those moments where I was like, well, actually the Lord says like, if you love the other person, try to handle that as quickly as possible because life is too short. That's really what this is about. Don't be angry and keep sinning and don't go to bed angry at each other. Like life is too short. Come together, love each other, live out what God wants for your life with your person, with your friend, with your parents, whatever it is that you're having that conflict. And don't keep letting yourself go to bed on that anger because it just grows. It's like planting a seed and just letting it go deeper and deeper and deeper into the soil. And so, yeah, I, I personally love this scripture because it was one that I felt like the Lord audibly gave me before I had ever even known what book it was in. Cause I just knew that that was his word. And he tells us not to go to bed angry. And the fifth and final scripture that we have today is Colossians three thirteen. It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm, that's a good one. All right. Well, we have our soul assignment. Um, basically, these if you're new here, these assignments are just something for you to take with you after the episode and just really think about and pray about. And so what we want you guys to do this week is just during this episode, if you were like, wow, this one person keeps popping up in my heart where I know I did not handle this well, or I know I keep having conflict with this person and I want to do it well. We just want you to 
look at that relationship or that situation and ask yourself one, just pray about it. If there is anything that you need to go repent for or that you want to improve on, go take that with it. Go take that to them and just apologize and say, Hey, we had this fight two weeks ago and it is still weighing on my heart that I could have done this so much better. And I would love to see if you're willing to talk about it again in a healthy way, or can I apologize um, for certain things that I did? Open that back up, which I know is sometimes scary to go right back to a conflict that wasn't solved or handled wrong. But I can promise you, like in Matthew 5, 9, it says we're called to be peacemakers. So if you're going with with the intention of peace, just go and focus on your side of the street, like I like to say, and say, I have some things I need to apologize for. Don't expect anything in return, but just take that back to them and say, I'm sorry for the way I acted, or I really want to grow in learning how I could handle this better in the future. But also, if you don't feel like that needs to happen, just kind of, I think personally, something that's helped me is finding my blind spots in the way that I argue, in the way that I handle conflict and what I can do better. And for my, for example, if something that I struggle with is, I just start darting out everything that I think this person should have done or handled the situation and how it affected me instead of, like I said, staying silent. So really sit with this and ask yourself, what am I doing right now that could be unhealthy or that the Lord is trying to expose to you to do better and go voice that to the person that you trust. Let them know what you're struggling with. And I promise you, like I tell Corey all the time, babe, I really want to work on this. I want to be better at this. And whenever I'm acting out and I'm not following my word, He'll, he'll tell me, he's like, let's work on this. Like, I want, I want us to be better at this, you know? So just share with someone you trust and um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. I am going to pray for you and we hope that you join us next week. Dear Lord, I lift up the listener of this episode and um, I just ask that you help her to handle conflict well and to always remember to pursue peace because you do say blessed are the peacemakers. And as Christians, we want to we want to live that out. We want to pursue peace like you did, Jesus, and, and live by your example. Give us patience in those moments of conflict. Um, help us to watch our tongues, help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger. Yeah. Just help our relationships to always be full of peace in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us. We want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.